Chapter Twenty One of Ned Franks or the Christian's Panoply. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Floating Boy. And what may you want, my good friend? asked the bland stationer, Mr. Danes, as after bowing out a lady customer, he turned towards Ned Franks, who had been quietly awaiting his leisure. Ned, with some difficulty, for he missed the help of his wooden arm, succeeded in partly unrolling his chart. This was the first time that the sailor had attempted to sell any work of his own, and it was with defiance that he replied, "'I thought, sir, that maybe some folk might fancy a chart like this.' "'Ah, yes, someone thought the same thing before you,' said the smiling stationer, turning to a portfolio which lay on his counter, and after a short search amongst its contents, drawing out a sheet covered with double the number of flags. It was a coarse-colored print, bright and glaring, and two pence was marked on the margin. Ned's paper, which he had with difficulty kept half open, rolled itself up in a moment as he relaxed the pressure of his arm. "'Anything that I can show you?' asked Mr. Danes. Ned Franks quietly shook his head, turned on his heel, and quitted the shop. "'I am glad, at any rate, that I left the word some on my chart,' thought the sailor. "'I should else have felt like an impostor, with all those red, blue, and yellow crosses and stripes staring me in the face. So I've had my trouble for my pains. I'll give this poor chart to Nora, my niece. She may prize it, perhaps, for my sake.' I'll call at her mistress's house and see her. A sight of her sunny young face will do my heart good. Ned was not to have this pleasure. He found Nora absent from home, so, leaving the paper and a message for his niece, he set out on his homeward way. "'I'm not in luck to-day, that's clear,' muttered Franks to himself, as he wearily retraced his steps along the road heavy with mud while a chill November drizzle began to fall. Everything seems to go wrong, and I feel as dull as the weather, my spirits as damp as the air. What a poor landlubber I must have grown! How different was it with me, a year or two past, when I was as light-hearted a tar as ever trod upon planks, when I cared as little for hardship or trouble as for the salt spray which dashed in my face when the winds were whistling aloft in the shrouds. No difficulties daunted me then. I was amongst my jolly messmates. I was serving my queen, and the thought of returning one day to merry old England and seeing Bessie and her children loomed in the distance like a harbor of hope. Aye, I was then like a trim vessel, speeding over the waves at ten knots an hour, with every stitch of canvas set, bound for some pleasant port. And now—the sailor slackened his pace— and his eyes were bent on the ground, as the image of his present situation rose before him. Now I'm like some weather-beaten boy, anchored down to mark some shoal, that can't move onward before the breeze, that is tossed up and down by the tide, which no vessel hails, which the heaviest craft leaves behind, which knows no change, and yet no rest, that has not the active motion of a sea-life, nor yet the peace which we look for in port. But shame upon me, suddenly exclaimed the tar, 
for such murmuring thoughts as these am i not where my master placed me ay the lonely wave-rocked boy has its use it is not anchored down for nothing it has its part to perform on the billows god's sunshine lights upon it and be the weather fair or fall it floats it never sinks why should my spirit sink continued the sailor as he raised his clear blue eye to the lowering sky above him maimed arm wearisome life shootings of pain messmates unkind what are these but the little tossings which can never move the boy from its place nor mar its usefulness nor prevent it from glistening in the light that comes from above cheer up coward heart never shame a christian's profession by one doubt of god's wisdom or love the cable of faith will hold not only against the light tossings but the wildest roughest storm if god give peace who shall give trouble what said the prophet when tribulation swept like a hurricane o'er him although the fig tree shall not blossom neither shall fruit be in the vine the labor of the olive shall fail and the fields shall yield no meat the flock shall be cut off from the fold and there shall be no herd in the stall yet i will rejoice in the lord i will joy in the god of my salvation the brave pious spirit of the sailor had burst its bonds of discontent as samson snapped the green withes which bound him still fell the chilling drizzle still was the prospect gloomy and ned franks was wending his way back to a comfortless home but he was no longer unhappy the peace of god was within him every object on which his eye now rested seemed to take a brighter colouring from the cheerful spirit within ah yonder over the brown fields goes the sower a blessing beyond his labour in the gloom and in the chill he is preparing for brighter days when these brown fields shall be yellow with the golden crop did i feel it a dull thing yesterday to look on the trees stripped of their leaves to-day every bare black bough preaches a lesson of hope the time is coming when these branches will burst again into new and more glorious life all the world will be clad in brightness and beauty the gloom and chill of these dark days prepare for the gladness of spring weeping may endure for a night but joy cometh in the morning as ned franks walked on with quickened step he overtook a little boy who was pursuing the same road carrying a heavy load ha ah, stephen white my lad is that you cried the sailor as he came up with the boy stephen turned at the sound of the cheerful manly voice and his face which had been sad lighted up with pleasure at sight of ned let me lighten you of your cargo said the sailor holding out his strong right hand for the burden we're nigh to your home i know but you look tired my boy oh ned franks cried stephen will you tell me if the news are true what news do you mean asked the sailor is it true that mr curtis is going to make john sands our teacher now that mr jones is getting too old mr curtis has not told me his intentions replied ned speaking more cheerfully than he could have done on the subject but an hour before oh dear i'm afeard that he will sighed stephen with a disconsolate look why should you be afeard asked the sailor as far as i know about him john sands is a very quiet sober kind of man that's the worst of it cried stephen in so dismal a tone that he set his companion laughing he always looks as if he'd just come from a funeral and i'd rather have a teacher as would give un a rough word now and then 
than a chap as would never give un a kind one and doesn't know how to smile i wish with all my might and maim that the vicar would make you our teacher the larning would be quite a pleasure you're always so merry and jolly ned franks was amused to hear what in the boy's eyes was his best qualification for the office of teacher nor was he only amused for the words of stephen conveyed a lesson the cheerfulness which springs from a soul at peace not only gladdens its possessor but those around him it increases influence it wins affection it presents religion itself in the most attractive light stephen my boy said the sailor looking down with a genial smile at his young companion i wish that i could never charge myself with grumbling at trifles or being weighed down by little troubles but you and i must try to make the best of whatever god pleases to send your father's a glazier and i dare say you know well enough how the greenest trees and grass will look if seen through a bit of blue glass all wintry and frosty said stephen then mind you my lad we must not be like those who fill their windows with blue glass and look out on life as if there were nothing but troubles and trials before them we must have clear panes that will let in the sunshine and keep them bright by the thought how much more we have than we've ever deserved and that the best blessings are those which can never be taken from us but if you are not made teacher began stephen then we are both bound to believe either that the place would not suit me or that i would not suit the place thus in cheerful converse the sailor beguiled the way till he left his young companion at the door of the glazier shop you've had a wet weary walk i'm afeard said stephen's mother to her son oh not after i was overtaken by that jolly chap the one-armed sailor i forgot all about the rain and the cold it seems as if he carried the sunshine with him ned franks is a thorough good man said mrs white always steady in his church-going never seen at the public never heard to speak a bad word a god-fearing christian is ned and one as is never ashamed of his religion and tis a religion that makes him happy cried stephen and willing to make others happy too that's the kind of religion as sets one wishing to be like the man as has it end of chapter twenty one